Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast, where we want to know God, find life, make a difference, and reach our world. Many times we can fall into a view of Jesus that is simple or routine, but there is so much more to the purpose of Jesus for us to understand. Jesus came to radically change our perspective on what it means to truly live. We're in a series that takes a look at statements that Jesus himself said about his mission while he was here on earth. Our lives can be different because of Jesus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Grace Life. Once again, we are so glad to have you worshiping with us wherever you are. If you're new to Grace Life, we would really love to be able to say hello to you. So I would love it if you just take a moment and let us know you're here. Whatever platform you're using, if you would take a moment and click the link for the connection card, say hello to us, we'll say hello to you. Before we get started with the message today, I want to share with you a story of a difference you are making as Grace Life Church all around the world. Again, this is only possible because of your generosity, but we got a thank you video from someone because of what you've done. I want to share it with you. And then right after that video, we're going to be back for the next installment of our Because of Jesus series. Today, we're going to have one of our pastors, Chuck Hill, the one and only, sharing with us the next part of the series. Normally, if you were in the room, I'd say, help me welcome him to the stage. You'd all cheer and clap, but you can't do that. Here's what you can do. Welcome Chuck. Type into the comments, say hello to him, cheer him on, and let him know that you are excited to hear the Word of God from him today. First, check out this story. Hello, Grace Life Church and Pastor Jimmy. I want you to know that I am so thankful. I'm here at the Dream Center, and I can't even begin to describe what your gift and your offering means to us here as we're able to serve people 11 hours a day, seven days a week at the food line. I'm just so honored to have friends like you. You have been with us every step of the way, whether it's re rehabilitating hundreds of lives on a daily basis, housing the homeless, or now feeding over 265,000 people. Your church, once again, as always, even in the middle of their own need, is thinking about others. And that's why your church is so blessed. That's the way you live, and that's what you believe, and that's what you think. God bless you, and thank you. Hey, Grace Life, happy Sunday to you. I am so excited to be with you today and excited about what God wants to do in your heart and life today. Even though we're coming to each other through the internet today and we are on screens, um, I believe that the Holy Spirit transcends the physical distance we have and that he wants to move in your life just as strongly today as if we were in person together. You know, speaking of screen time, isn't it amazing how much that this pandemic has changed our relationship with our devices and screens? I mean, if you have kids, my guess is that your best investment this month is that Netflix or Disney Plus subscription, right? I mean, it's just been insane. Before all of this, I mean, I'm probably like you, we were pretty concerned about our kids' screen time. We were, get, we were very careful in monitoring it and making sure they're not taking in too much. But now, they're even doing schoolwork on it. And it's changed the way I work too, and probably for most of you as well. Almost all of my meetings for the past month have been on Zoom. So again, right in front of a screen. Even earlier this week, I kept waking up thinking that I had fallen asleep on a Zoom call. And I'm like grasping in the dark, looking for my computer, not wanting to look like a fool on a webcam. It's just been nuts. 
it started to make me think, what did our relationship with screen time look like before? And it brought me back to my childhood where if we wanted good screen time, we wanted to see something good on our TV, we all got in the family car and we took a ride up to Blockbuster. We didn't browse with a remote to find what we wanted to watch. Rather, we went up and down the aisles to find the perfect, get this, I'm going to show my age here, the perfect VHS. And we would be so glad, and hey, if we were really good, they'd let us rent two. And we would take that VHS home, plop it in, and mom would always be yelling to make sure we put it in the rewinder before we took it back. And things have changed a little bit since then. Have you noticed we don't use that brand anymore, Blockbuster? Why is that? You know, there was some competition that came onto the scene, and uh, the first main one we all still use today called Redbox. And then there was another one that crept on the scene called Netflix. That's all part of our lives right now. And it made me wonder, what was it that such a huge corporation like Blockbuster, what was it that could bring them down to their knees where they don't even exist anymore? The reality of it, I think the issue with Blockbuster was that they got stuck in the past. They were holding on to a model that they viewed as more important than where culture and the future was going. And if I'm honest, I think some of us have that same problem in our life. I know that I definitely have. See, if we continue to hold on to certain things in our past, it can cause us to miss out what God wants to do right now in the present and what he wants to do in our future. Now, of all the different things that we could talk about with holding on to our past, I think there's one thing that's probably a little more detrimental than just about all the other things we could be holding on to, and that is when we choose to hold on to offenses. The thing about offenses, when we start holding on to it, it starts to cause problems in our relationships. It starts to cause problems in our own heart and soul. And if we hold on to it too long, it can start morphing into something even more sinister called bitterness and anger can start to take over. You see, I'm no different than any of you. When uh, Maggie and I were young and in love and recently engaged, we uh, found an older couple who started to mentor us in our relationship, and they ended up doing pre-marriage counseling with us, and everything was going great. We were excited, we were learning and growing and ready to take that big step in the marriage. Well, what became the last session of premarriage counseling we had with this couple, um, we had what all of us would consider a very minor disagreement about a topic. And because of this very minor disagreement, they suddenly turned on us and spent the next 20 minutes demeaning us as people, demeaning us as a couple. They told us that our love was nothing but an illusion. They told us that our marriage was doomed to fail. And we left that session confused, hurting, broken, and just stunned that someone so close to us would speak that kind of death into our life. And the thing is that even though we wanted to forgive and that we wanted to move past that offense, it was pretty difficult. I mean, for years after that, when we would go through a rough patch in our marriage, my mind would like zip back to that moment when they said our love was an illusion. We're doomed to fail. And I wonder, God, did, did I make a mistake? Did, did I miss your voice in this? It, were they right? And it took years and years to work through that. 
My guess is everyone that's watching today, you've got a story too. You've had some people that have hurt you. You've had some pretty deep offense that you've experienced in your life. It's just part of what we go through as human beings. The question is, what are we going to do in it? Well, we're in a series called Because of Jesus. And as we've gone through this series, Because of Jesus, we're looking at why Jesus came and how our lives should be different because of what Jesus did. I mean, last week we looked at Because of Jesus, we are changed. And that was powerful. Because he came, every bit of our life has the opportunity to be transformed. Today, I want to talk to you about Because of Jesus, we forgive. You see, we don't have to keep holding on to what happened to us in the past because of what Jesus did for us, we can forgive others. But before we just jump right in to looking at why we can forgive others because of what Jesus did for us, I think it's important that we first look at because Jesus came, we are forgiven. See, the fact of the matter is, Jesus came to forgive us even though we were the offending party. We were the one with sin that offended God's holy nature. We were the ones deserving death, not him. So before we even look at our our offenses, let's take a moment and look why it's so important that we can walk in a relationship with God because Jesus came, we are forgiven. You see, when we look throughout the the Gospels and we see Jesus's life on earth, we see over and over him demonstrating who he is as the Son of God. And I think one of the most powerful illustrations of the reason that he came to forgive is found in Mark chapter 2, where he demonstrates that he has the authority to bring forgiveness in our lives. The story starts out in Mark 2, verse 2, and it goes like this. It says, Soon... The house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. Let's just stop right there for a second. So here's a scenario. Jesus is staying in this house. He starts teaching people and this crowd forms. And it's not just standing room only. I mean, this place is so packed, you can't even get a spot on the outside to look in the window. And these guys took their friend away from where he would have been begging and trying to find food and all that. And in faith, they brought him to where Jesus was. They knew that Jesus had something that their friend needed. Problem was, they got to the house and there was no way in. And they did what we would have done. They turned around and left. No, that's not what they did. So what did they do about it? There was a problem. There was a barrier. So let's pick up verse four. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. So rather than be complacent and stick around with the barrier, they literally tore the roof down as Jesus is teaching. I mean, that is insane. That is some kind of faith that these guys had, knowing they had to get their friends in the presence of Jesus. Verse 5, or then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. 
Again, these men knew that Jesus had what this man needed, but they thought all their friend needed was a touch of physical healing. What Jesus gave was something so much more valuable than just having the ability to walk or the ability to be able to get up off of the mat. What Jesus brought to his life was a complete spiritual healing to restore what sin had broken, to be made right with God. Now, the religious leaders, they weren't too happy about that. And they were, they were just so offended that here is Jesus saying that he can forgive sins. So Jesus rebukes them and says, hey, I'm going to show you that I have the authority to do this. So we see in verse 10, here's what Jesus said. He said, so I will prove to you that the Son of Man, talking about himself, has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. It's powerful. See, Jesus isn't just showing that he can forgive sin. He's not just showing that he has the power to heal the man. What Jesus is showing is that he has the power to restore what sin has broken. And I understand why this is so significant. You've got to go all the way back to the time of creation. When God made the heavens and the earth, when he created humanity, everything was perfect. God literally walked and talked and dwelled amongst his creation. There was a perfect relationship between mankind and God. But the moment that sin entered the world, it brought sickness, it brought pain, and it brought death. What was perfect was now broken and entered Jesus onto the scene. Up until that point where he comes, there was no way for us to truly be made right with God. The best shot that we had was sacrifices to cover over what we'd done. But Jesus said, I have the authority not just to, come up, to cover over, but to forgive the sin that breaks the relationship that we have with God. Before that, the only thing that could make us right is our own death and our own blood. What we see here is Jesus demonstrating, foreshadowing the very reason he came to bring forgiveness, to restore what was broken. You see, because of Jesus, we are forgiven. Because of Jesus, we can be made whole and we can walk forward in freedom in our lives. But it doesn't stop just there. You see, as followers of Jesus, we're trying to, to be good at following what he has told us to do. Jesus is our example for how we live. He's our example for how we speak. And as we follow him, we want to become more and more like Jesus. And because Jesus forgives us, we now, in turn, can forgive others. Because we've received something so valuable that forgiveness from God. Now we as followers of Jesus have that ability to give that to the people in our lives. See, it's a really big deal that we're made right with God, that we are forgiven. But to God, it's also a really big deal that we extend that same forgiveness to others. Jesus said this about it in Matthew 6, 14 and 15. He said, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. Now that's great, but he continues in verse 15 and says this, but if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not 
forgive your sins. Let that sink in just for a moment. Of all the things that Jesus said, this is one of the most sobering things that he said while he was on earth. That if we don't forgive others, their sins against us, our Father won't forgive us. Now, let me, in case your mind's racing, let me just help you out. Jesus isn't saying every time that you get upset with somebody and you don't forgive them right away that you're going to hell. That's not what he's saying. I think what he's saying is when we flat out refuse to offer forgiveness to anyone else, we're really rejecting the forgiveness that he has brought to us. Fact is, forgiveness is a hard thing to work out. It's a very hard thing for us to offer and extend and work through when we have been wounded and we've been hurt so deeply. I'm sure that you've been in that spot before where the last thing on your mind is to extend forgiveness. But even though it's something that's hard, because of what Jesus did for us, we walk it out and we do it for others. The fact is, unforgiveness doesn't just affect our relationship with God. It brings devastation to our relationship with others. And beyond that, it brings devastation to our own heart and soul. If we don't walk it out, it leaves us wounded and broken as people. That's not what I want to see for your life. I want to see you experience wholeness and freedom that comes when we let go of the offenses that happened in our past, when we let go of the pain and the hurt that we have, and we freely forgive just as Jesus has forgiven us. But the question is, how do we do that? It sounds really nice, right? But it's one thing to think it sounds nice, but it can be a completely different thing when we start to walk it out. So what I want to do is I want to spend the next few moments that we have together, and I want to get really practical about what forgiveness is and how we can walk it out in our life. So how do we walk this out? How do we receive this wholeness that Jesus wants to bring into our life? Let's look first at what it is, and what it isn't. First of all, forgiveness isn't minimizing the offense. You see, if we look at our past offenses and our pains and we just minimize it and say, that's not such a big deal, fact of the matter is that cheapens forgiveness. Forgiveness is valuable and we don't want to cheapen it. Forgiveness also is not just resuming a relationship with no changes. You see, Forgiveness is something we can offer instantly, but trust can also be broken instantly. Our job is to forgive, to rebuild trust is theirs. And that can take a long time. So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is simply our decision to cancel the debt that is owed to us. Now, we want to look at this maybe a little bit different than you may have heard before or thought about it before. You see, when we forgive, we're saying that that person doesn't owe us anything anymore. That debt that was created is no longer ours to collect on. Now, let me give you an example. You see, when we are hurt, when there's an offense against us, essentially a robbery took place. Now, let's use a really easy example. Let's say that someone stole your wallet and they took all the cash out. You were robbed. What did they rob from you? The cash. Do they owe you that cash that they took? Yes, they owe you that 20 bucks, all right? 
And that happens and it makes us mad and angry and violated because somebody stole something from us. Really easy to understand. So to forgive them is canceling the debt. You don't owe me that anymore. Easy to understand, right? But now let's take it another step further. Someone starts to say hurtful things about you. Someone starts to trash talk you behind your back. What did they steal from you? They may have stole your peace of mind. They may have stolen your self-confidence. Maybe they even stole your reputation. That hurts. That's painful. Why? Because something was robbed from you. We cancel the debt then. What about a job promotion? Maybe there was a, a promotion available at your work that you were promised and you put in the extra time. You did all the learning and training you needed. And then when it came time to get your promotion, they gave it to someone else. You're robbed of a promotion. That hurts. That creates an offense. Or maybe you went through a nasty divorce and are still carrying around a lot of pain that comes from that. You were robbed of something too. You were robbed of your marriage. Maybe it was the marriage of your dream that was just snatched away from you in an instant. Regardless of what the offense is, regardless of what the hurt is, somebody stole something from us. Someone owes us something. Of all the things that the enemy wants to use to keep us bound, to keep us chained up and enslaved, to keep us from what God has for our future, I think this issue is probably one of the most powerful things that he uses. If he can get us to just continue to walk in unforgiveness, to continue to experience that pain again and again and again, he can hold us back from walking into what God has for our life. So what we need to do is we need to make the choice to start releasing the debt now. So what does that look like? How do we start walking that out? Let's talk about how we actually walk out forgiveness. So I want to give you a few practical steps um, about how we forgive. First thing that we're going to do is we're going to identify who and what. All right, this is really important because we need to be honest about our need to forgive. So what I want you to do is I want you to grab a notebook, pull up your note app on your phone, and start making a list of all of the things that come to mind of the people that have hurt you and what they took for, from you. One of the most important things you can do as you do this, invite the Holy Spirit in. Ask him to search your heart and bring to mind those things that maybe you've been holding on to for a long time, but you don't even remember. Invite someone who, who knows you very well, who knows your story, and, help, and ask them to help you to work through that. We're making a list of who hurt us, what offenses that we've had. Now, that might sound like you're making a list for a hitman. That's not what we're doing. It may feel like we're being a bad Christian to make a list of all of the people who have hurt us. That's not what we're doing. We're being honest about our need to forgive. We're being about honest about our need to walk forward in freedom and forgiveness. Now, it's important that we identify what was stolen from us, not just who did something to us, but we want to identify what did they take from us. Um, one thing that helps it to be a little easier to figure that out is asking yourself, what would it take to make it right? 
Is it just an apology that I need? Is it time given back to me? Is it that healthy marriage? Is it fill in the blank? Often the answer is going to be something impossible or even intangible, but that's okay. We're going to look at who and what, and we're going to make that list. Now, you may think that that sounds a little elementary, and maybe you've been walking with the Lord for a long time. This January, Maggie and I went through a week-long spiritual healing ministry, and this was actually a big part of it. And going into this, I thought, you know, hey, I've been in ministry 15 years. I've been walking out forgiveness. You know, my list is going to be short. But as we invited the Holy Spirit in, he was bringing up stuff like deep in my heart that I haven't even thought about for like a decade. It's crazy. So allow the Holy Spirit to come in and bring those things to light where he wants to bring wholeness and healing to you. So first, we're going to make that list of who and what, but we're not going to stop there, okay? This next step's so important. Secondly, we're going to make the choice to release the debt. We're going to relinquish our right to get even. We're going to say that they don't owe us anymore. We're going to decide that that debt is no longer up for collection. Let me remind you real quick what Paul writes in Romans 12, 19. He says this, says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. The fact is, you may truly be owed something, but forgiveness is not seeking restitution. It's not us going after what is owed to us. The fact is, God can do a lot better job of making it right than you and I can do on our own. If we try to seek after restitution and we seek after revenge, what awaits us is bitterness and anger. And what that does is it brings rot to our soul. It makes the wounds that we have infected and it just brings devastation to our own life. And that eventually is going to start spilling out on other relationships that we have. It affects the relationship that we have with God. So we're not going to seek revenge. We're not going to seek restitution. We're going to trust in God to make it right, not our own ability. So we are going to make that choice. We are going to release it. And this is a decision that we make with God. It's something we speak out and say to God, this person does not owe me anymore. Maybe it's just as simple as when you're prayer, prayer walking, you just say, God, this came to mind. I'm going to release them from the debt and you move on but there's a lot of hurt that that just doesn't cut it. Let's be honest. Maybe you need to sit down in front of an empty chair and have a conversation with that person and just really just bear your soul and get out all the pain and the hurt that you've had in the past. And then at the end of that conversation, you don't owe me anymore. The debt is forgiven. Maybe you need to write a letter and burn it. Now, hear that again. Burn the letter. Do not send the letter. If you just heard, write the letter again. Let me say, burn the letter, all right? But it's okay to get it out on paper. And then as a symbolic act, light it up because they don't know you anymore. It's your decision. It's your choice to release the debt. And let me clarify something else too. Our decision to release the debt is not an emotional one. It's a decision that we make. 
when we release the debt, we might still have a good bit of emotion that goes with it, and that's okay. But as we release it and as we put it in God's hand, the emotions will start to fade. The hurt will start to heal. But what we have to do is bring forgiveness to the situation, put it in God's hands, and make our decision to cancel the debt. So first, again, we're going to be honest about our need to forgive. We're going to make a list of who and what. Then we make a choice to release the debt. But thirdly, we're going to walk it out by responding in love. And this is where the rubber really hits the road. This is where it also can get pretty tough too, but this is powerful. Don't miss this. We respond in love. Jesus says this in Luke chapter 6, verse 27 and 28. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If you've ever dealt with a hard situation in your life with somebody, you know those words are from Jesus. They're difficult to follow. But when we make the choice to forgive, again, we're not looking for revenge. We're not looking to make things right in our own ability. We're looking to do good, just as Jesus did for us. Even though we were the offending party, he came and he served and he died on the cross to bring forgiveness and healing to us. So we're going to walk it out as his followers and respond in love. How do we know if we're walking it out? If we can start praying for that person who hurt us. That's a tough thing. Let me acknowledge that. That is really tough to start to pray that God would bless them and prosper them. But as we do that, it's just amazing how the Holy Spirit starts to invade our heart and bring healing to us. Um, we know that we're walking that out and responding in love when we start to see them as a human being again someone who has their own faults, someone who's also wounded and hurt, when we see them for who they are and not just an object of anger and bitterness anymore. We also know that we're able to respond in love when we can start to move on with life, where they're not the topic of our thoughts and every angry emotion that we have. We're going to respond in love. Now, you remember that couple that I shared with you at the beginning that Maggie and I were close to that had mentored us and that hurt us very deeply. See, it took us years to work through forgiveness, if I can be honest. I mean, it even took some sessions and counseling to work through some of that. And it, it came to a spot where we felt like, good, we've released that. We're okay. Then about five years ago, we got a text message from them out of nowhere that they were coming to the United States to visit some friends not far from Columbia, and um, they wanted to know if we would get together with them. My first reaction was, nope, nope, we're good. We, that's in the past. We're not going there. And then the Holy Spirit kind of convicted me. He's like, didn't you forgive them? Didn't you release that debt? I'm like, yes, Lord. I need to walk this forgiveness thing out for real. This is an opportunity that you've brought. This is not my own. So let's walk this out. So Maggie and I made the choice not just to meet them, but we invited them into our home and we had dinner with them. And the Lord brought about restoration. We didn't go after seeking revenge or anything, but God restored a relationship that was broken. And since that time, we've shared many meals together. We've stayed in contact. And what was one of the most painful things in our life God brought restoration, but it started with our willingness 
to trust the Lord and forgive something that has hurt us deeply. See, we can live a life that is full of love and forgiveness, but it takes us being willing to open up our heart to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. It's an act of faith to release the debt. It's an act of trust in God when we say, they don't owe me anymore. Let me encourage you, walk this out. Be honest about your need to forgive by making a list and what was taken from you. Take that step and release the debt. They don't owe you anymore. And then walk it out in love and watch what God starts to do in your life. See, we all have a choice. The choice is, do we continue to hold on to what happened to us in the past? Do we hold on to that offense? Do we hold on to that hurt? Do we hold on to that painful memory anymore? Or do we choose to do like Jesus did? Do we choose to offer forgiveness? See, when we do that, that opens up the door for God to start to bring wholeness and healing into our life. It brings freedom when we're no longer bound by what happened to us in the past any longer. Hear me on this. You are not defined by what someone did to you. You are defined by how you respond to it. So that today, let me encourage you, don't be bound by what happened in the past anymore. Don't be complacent with living with that wound in your soul any longer. Let me encourage you. I know that many of us have been hurt deeply. I know that we've been carrying wounds, but because of what Jesus did for us, because he came to offer us forgiveness, we can also forgive. We can also experience wholeness and freedom into our life. For many of us, this has been a barrier for too long. God has something great in store for you and you don't have to pursue it with the baggage of what's happened in the past anymore. He has something better for you. Let me remind you of what the prophet Isaiah said in chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. This is powerful. God's saying, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I truly believe with all my heart that God has big plans for you. He has a plan, he has a purpose, and he has a calling on your life. But I wanna see you pursue him with all that you've got. I don't wanna see you weighed down by the offense and the pain that happened in your past. Let me encourage you right now, wherever you're at, make that decision to walk in forgiveness. Start right now, even where you're at, invite the Holy Spirit in. Invite him in to search your heart. Invite him in to show you those things, even if it's a scary thing, and even if it makes you nervous or even hurts, invite him in. Trust that he wants to do something good in your life. Trust that he wants to bring that healing and that wholeness to you right now. As we walk in forgiveness, we're releasing the debts that are owed to us, and we experience freedom from that. We're opening up our hearts to receive the healing work of Christ's forgiveness in us. It's time that we walk in freedom. It's time that we walk in wholeness. We're not gonna hold on to our past anymore because of Jesus, we can forgive. 
Now, as we get ready to close out today, I wanna take a moment and I wanna pray over our church family and wherever you're at, I believe that God wants to help you as you start to walk this out in your life. But before we do that, let's give a moment for those who maybe haven't had that opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to receive what he has for you, to receive that forgiveness that he came to bring. If that's you, let me just invite you to pray along with me and let's receive the wholeness and the freedom that he has for you that comes when we make him our king in our life, when we choose to place our faith and trust in him. So again, if that's you, I'm gonna pray. Let me invite you to pray right along with me or even repeat after me as we receive what he did for us. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you came, you lived, you died, but you rose again to bring me forgiveness. Right now, I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge that my sin broke the relationship that I could have with you. But right now, I receive your forgiveness. I ask that you would come into my life. Lord, today I make you my savior and I make you my king. Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, wherever you're at, let me just invite you to celebrate with the angels that God is bringing people home this morning. Now, as I said, I want to take just a moment. And as we close out, I want to invite you to pray with me and let's invite the Holy Spirit to do what we've been talking about, to help us to walk in forgiveness. Jesus, we thank you again that you came and forgave us. Lord, our heart is to honor you with everything that we say and everything that we do. And Lord, we wanna follow your example. And the way that you forgave us, God, I ask that you would help us to walk out forgiveness with others. Lord, right now I know that many memories are coming up, many, many wounds are starting to come to people's mind. And Father, we know that you're bringing them up because you wanna bring restoration in our lives. I ask that as we open our hearts to you, you would give us that faith that we need to acknowledge our need to forgive and that faith that we need to release the debt. And I ask as we start releasing these debts and walking in forgiveness, that you would empower us to live like you, that we'd be able to pray for those who mistreat us, that we'd be able to bless those who curse us. Lord, that we'd be able to walk in love with the example that you've given us. God, I thank you right now that you're bringing freedom. God, I thank you right now. You are bringing wholeness. And Jesus, we ask that through this, you would be glorified in us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's the best decision you'll ever make. If you've been impacted in any way, we'd love to hear about it. Head over to gracelife.church resources, where you can share your story and find other tools for following Jesus. We hope you go out and make Jesus famous in your world.